0: hello everyone and welcome to another edition of get in the garage or a music podcast for music lovers we have a great show planned once again for you but before we begin as always please remember to like and comment and subscribe to the podcast and share with all your friends and uh, we really appreciate all the engagement and everything so it makes a big difference on our end so please remember to do that who is the weekly subscriber
1: Tell somebody that you love. Tell someone you love about this podcast. Yeah, I like that one. That you're in love with. Tell them about our podcast. It is about music. It's wonderful.
0: It is wonderful. It is. So what else is wonderful is what we're going to talk about. So Luke, why don't you give us a quick rundown of the day?
1: On this week's show, we are giving you music news like we always do to keep you informed in the music world. We have the musical year that was 2005. We are going to run down the year and give give you our favorite albums from that year. Then we are going to celebrate some musical anniversaries from the 80s, 1983. It'll be 30 years, 40 years <laughs> anniversary. Sorry, a 40-year anniversary, and we are going to celebrate Def Leppard's Pyromania, rock and roll, rock and amazing. then... We are going to take it straight to the underground and do Husker Du's second record. Everything falls apart. First record. Oh, second record. It's uh, oh, misleading. a misleading. De- it's a. It's a debate. It's a debate. Do we have. A, we have some a a debate. debate. We'll get to it. You we'll want to? You're going to want to stick oh around God. for Husker Du. You want to stick around? Yeah. yeah. It'll be. Uh, it'll be some fascinating. Uh, <laughs> you know, re- retor. Well, let's get the.
0: Uh, let's get the theme song. Roll that theme Go. Roll song. Roll out. the
2: music. Yeah, yeah. How is it, it a debate?
1: Well I'm gonna tell you this. Oh, I'm gonna tell you God. this. Spotify lists it as their first record and their real first record, Land Speed Record, is really their first record, but it's listed in compilations for a Wikipedia has it? No. Yeah, I that too. Oh, I'm going to say Lance to Records be fair, definitely I, their first. Record. I think
0: it's because... Let's save it. Let's okay. save it. Yeah, I, I know, don't I know, know what show, shall we? will really we'll wait. Is. Yeah, we'll wait. Yeah. Um, all right. Music news, guys. Music news. RIP. There's, there's been a couple RIPs. RIP um,
2: drummer of Earth, Wind & Fire, Fred White. Ooh. He died this week. Um, his family announced his death. Uh, 67 years old. Youngest Younger brother of Maurice White, one of the lead singers of Earth, Wind & Fire, the co creator of that group and bass player verdine white uh fred white was also known as being a prodigy who played with donny hathaway when he was a teenager check out donny hathaway live one of my favorite albums of all time uh favorite live albums he was 16 when they recorded that wow and then he joined up with his brothers later on i believe he played with earth Wind, fire from 1975 until 1983 so all not all but the big hits uh the all in all album the i am album that's him playing as one of the drummers on that on those albums yeah. he's
1: the drummer on that Donnie Hathaway live record 16 years old so he's the drummer on what's going on that is one of my favorite
2: yep. grooves ever
1: and one of like my favorite drum pieces of all time so yeah. yeah I did not know that you just blew my mind
2: yeah very cool a young brother you know in a Chicago musical family everybody else was in music groups and yeah he must have been that good at that young to link up with Donnie Hathaway <laughs> Yeah. And then, uh, oh, that's something.
1: uh, that's also talking about the ghetto from that record, mm-hmm. uh, the crazy, awesome drumming that mm-hmm. is on that. I know he's not the conga player on that, but still,
2: mm-hmm. yep. Wow, blowing yeah. my mind. 67 years old, long musical career since he was a teenager. Yeah, yeah, rest in peace. Um, very sad, Luca. Oh, uh, okay. Here we go.
0: (laughs) Oh, all right. We have
1: legal news. Slam down. (coughs) Legal news. Order in the court. Uh, Black Sheep, our 90s favorites, are in court, and they are suing uh, their record label, Universal, because they claim Universal has unfairly given them, or not given them, royalties from their record releases uh, from Spotify. So, what the skinny on this is, is Spotify um, worked with Universal. This is all supposedly, this is what Black Sheep is uh, claiming that uh, Universal worked with Spotify to get a reduced royalty payment in turn for shares of Spotify. So this happened in the hmm. earlier 2000s when Spotify was a smaller company and. They took a reduced streaming payment rate in return for shares of Spotify. Therefore, they would own a piece of the company themselves. Mm. Um, The problem with this is Black Sheep's like, hey, why didn't you go for all of the money that would also have paid me? Which is a uh, fair argument, I believe, and they think that they have the law on their side in this case where they should have negotiated better for the artist because that's actually who they're supposed to be representing (laughs) – in these transactions not um their personal cells that seems like kind of like a payola thing where that's not making sense so um they did sue it sounds very interesting and they sued for 750 million (laughs) we'll see where this goes um that 750
2: million here's seven thousand dollars (laughs) yes beat off
1: So, yeah, that is what's going on. That scandal seems pretty um, out there, if it is true. And if it is true, um, I don't know what is the deal is with other artists, but Black Sheep have a deal with Universal where they are supposed to get a certain amount of those streaming royalties um, anyway which would bake into them actually being deserving of more of that payment because if you think about the payment, the payment they're thinking is the royalty payment and the uh, Spotify um, shares that they don't receive. They only receive a piece of the money cash. So they want all of that, which would also entail what Spotify is now, which I'm assuming is why they have a $750 million tag on that because therefore the artist would also be a in for a piece of the Spotify. Does that, am that making sense mm. of what I'm saying in this? So um, this is
2: more of a universal record thing and not really a black sheep thing.
1: Um, it's more of a black sheep thing because black sheep have that in their contract to get 50% of all royalties from their music. So all royalties would infer the shares from Spotify if that was a payment
2: from the streaming. Joke's on you, Black Sheep. You now owe James Brown 40% of that money for sampling him so much. <laughs> so, but this is... um, I'm, So I'm wondering yeah. if
1: this is going to be I another know. case with other artists that are now going to be like, oh, hey, I'm signed to Universal. I'm going to look at my contract and maybe join in on this lawsuit. Well,
0: yeah, because if that is true, then yeah, where does that buck stop? Like,
1: uh, Yeah, I didn't see any other bands, artists um, jumping labels jumping on this up. bandwagon or getting on, but um, that was an interesting claim that they are... You know, after and um an interesting thing if Universal did do that with Spotify, either way, so yeah, um legal news hmm.
0: uh something I have? saw Foo Fighters are gonna return without Taylor Hawkins. they released a um like a full statement that was you know kind of in in memoriam of Taylor and you know what they went through regarding his death and how. At the same time, like the show must go on kind of thing. And A all message that stuff. for the
1: new year, if you will.
0: Huh? Yeah, sure. So
1: I I think uh, it, they're gonna be, you know, just fine. Uh, it's yeah. gonna be different. They said that in the letter. Dude, um insane. they did not say Yeah, no
0: there's been no names yet. So um
1: seen. there's been plenty of speculation articles on like blabbermouth and like metal.net or whatever, but uh <laughs> nobody's uh, really pinned that one down yet. So yeah. uh do, uh, you ha- specula- do you know of any spe-
0: speculated? Uh, uh, drummers? Well,
1: because I've read those articles, the speculated drummer is the guy that was um, playing at the uh, tribute concerts. He's a session drummer. I can't remember his name, but he uh, like I'm handled sure. the kit for like the entire um, uh, uh, tribute concert for Taylor Hawkins. Alex, if you could get the name of that drummer for us at was some that point, Josh Fries. Uh, it might be. He also he's he's drummed with uh, a couple other people
2: the um, name sounds familiar. He played with a, a Perfect Circle a, and a bunch
0: of other groups. Correct. Yeah, he is the American session drummer. That might be him. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Either so, way, I think it'll be interesting just to see. Yeah, the show go on. And like, there's, you know, man, bands. There's a lot of bands that had this sort of thing happen to them, where the band members had passed away, and the question is, is do we continue to play? Is that really the same band and all that stuff? Yeah. Others suggest Rufus Taylor. A name I'm not familiar with. Son of
2: Roger Taylor of Queen. He's oh, okay. the current Queen drummer.
0: Okay.
1: So Rufus
2: Tiger Taylor. Yep.
1: There are some uh, some names thrown in the hat.
0: Yeah. So we'll see. It'll be interesting to it'll be interesting to see it. So. Uh, anyone so, else here? Um, I have a quick. I don't know if you have
2: anything else. But, I have one more. All right. Let's yeah. Here, go for Jeffrey. It. Uh, Rolling Stone magazine released their list of the 200 greatest singers of all time, and uh, two lots of backlash from people online um very notably not that i really care Celine Dion not on the top 200 uh Lane Staley, not on the top 200 Jeff Buckley not on the top 200 oh, come on. and oh. Mr. Robert Zimmerman Bob Dylan at number 15 are you what? fucking of the greatest singers rolling stone magazine greatest singers of all time number 15 <laughs> Bob Dylan <laughs> now they did, a, a long, they did have a long red shiny
0: nose. They did have a long thing
2: about oh, like oh. about technical skills and what mean what a great voice means, blah 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 blah. That being said, uh the top ten, um ten Al Green, nine, Otis Redding, eight, Beyonce, seven, Stevie Wonder, six Ray Charles, five, Mariah Carey. 4 Billy Holiday, 3 Sam Cooke, 2 Whitney Houston, number 1 Aretha Franklin. Yeah. Um notably See, That was like <clears throat> Notably oh. all black artists in the top 10. Yeah. Um and uh only one contemporary artist because we don't count Mariah Carey who is Unfrozen every Christmas, but Beyonce is the only <laughs> contemporary <laughs> artist in that top 10. Um Yeah. I don't know. It is what it is. Like uh, you should I'll, see the full list and go online, I'm and a, you'll see where people are placed and whatever, and their little explanation for why. And
1: I'm a Bob Dylan stan over here, but uh, Bob Dylan is not a good singer by any means <laughs> yeah. in any era. But he he's one of my favorite singers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say that, but he's not like the. If you're making the best singers,
2: far from the greatest singers. Um, no, no rock singers in the top ten. Uh, I believe Freddie Mercury was at fourteen. I think John Lennon was twelve.
1: Yo, come
2: on, man. Um, You're
1: gonna put John Lennon. John Lennon's voice sucks. Yo, <laughs>
2: and and just whatever great greatest singers yeah. means, like, you know, not everything else aside, but like impactful singers. I think like Michael Jackson was like eighty six or something. And what Michael Jackson's like a great singer. One of the and most and impactful iconic. singers. Yeah, right. He's yeah. also black. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, an interesting list. Um, He's fallen far
0: from, Yeah, you know. You know. <laughs> what can you do? Like, uh, in another news, you know. news, Queen's Brian May has officially been knighted. He was accepted oh. into the court of the Crimson King, and he, he fell down on one knee, and he said, my good sir, I'm with you. the Sex
1: Pistols. God save the Queen. God save- <laughs> she ain't a human being. She made you a moron.
0: Uh, but he was knighted for, quote, <laughs> services to music and charity work. So I'm not really sure what kind of charities Brian, you know, May do you remember 1776. In, sure, everything. Oh, <laughs> do you remember 1776? I remember. I remember. Who won that one? <laughs> oh, that's right.
1: Um, the boys. There. Congratulations <laughs> to Brian May. Uh, yes, it's quite an honor, sir Brian May. Sir
0: Brian May. He's up there with Paul McCartney now. Elton John. Yeah. That'd be a fun one to deep dive. Who's been knighted? I think Elton Musicians. John's at a
2: higher order of
0: the OBE oh. than, than those other guys are. Really. Is he like a duke or something? Like, there's a... there's different there's different
2: different levels. Not of, duke, because you can be like an, a member of the order of the British Empire. You could be a commander of the British Empire. I think that's what what. Um, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't. It's you know what it is. It's yeah. nonsense, but but a lot a lot of the good stuff is a lot of these these knighthoods. These uh, yeah. What would you call it, like a damehood? Whatever the female equivalent is. Right. It it's like based on their merits in the artistic and whatever world, but also. Everyone who gets these are heavily involved in charity work and
0: humanitarians and
2: all that kind of good stuff.
0: Too. Right, right. So. so yeah. So congratulations to what, Brian May.
2: One of the most iconic guitar players of all time, in my
0: opinion. Oh, if you ever got a chance, watch the video on him explaining his guitar and how oh. him and his father like fashioned this guitar out I of like an 400, old
2: desk. 400 year old dense wood. Yeah, from
0: a fireplace. Just crazy. Yeah. yeah, and the bridge. Him and his dad, like fat, yeah. like hand fashioned the bridge to the guitar itself. It's an amazing story. And he always yeah. plays with a... Uh, a a coin. pence. Pence coin. Yeah, a pence coin, yeah. So that's why he gets the that red, iconic The side. red special. Yeah, so... You want your, uh,
1: you want your music roundup here? Okay. Your quick uh, on that's the good. go. De La Soul is coming to streaming. All the classic albums are coming back. I believe it's in March of this year. We are going to get three, them all back. Three, March 3rd. Yep. Uh, Tommy Boy Records got bought out finally. And so we are getting the classic De La Soul canon back on streaming for the first time. Um, David Byrne uh, performed at Miley Cyrus on New Year's. It was awkward and kind of weird and kind of fun. So that happened. Paris Hilton is uh she re-released her classic single guys the stars are blind uh <laughs> I, I don't know if you remember this classic hit it's a uh, tribute to Stevie Wonder so she
0: was number 50, she was number sixteen <laughs> so, on the
2: two hundred greatest just missed out Seriously. um
1: and so we got a re-release of the stars are blind Paris's version uh <laughs> so she it... can
2: get all the money from all the streaming <laughs> throwing yeah,
1: yeah, some shade yeah. the Taylor Swift way kind of oh, like she's that been smart um yeah money, and it's kind of yeah. like a cute like knockoff rip of that. And we're getting uh, the musical career of Paris Hilton is getting revived this year. We're getting more music. I can't wait to hear this trash ball fire <laughs> <laughs> and um, really love it because it's probably going to be like like some crazy, awful music. And it's yeah. going to be either fun or entertaining or somewhere in the middle. But um, I thought that was fun because I remember
0: how it is. <laughs> we'll see I you.
1: wanted to bring you back to when Paris Hilton had a musical career and the stars were blind.
0: You ever see that video of her freestyling to Snoop Dogg? Uh, I think I have. Oh, it's awful. Uh, real quick, two uh, you more. Mean, that's hot. <laughs> that's sorry. Uh, two RIPS too that I forgot to mention. Anita Pointer from the Pointer Sisters oh, passed yeah. away at seventy-four, and Modest Mouse drummer Jeremiah Green died at forty-five. So RIPS to them as well. Oh. So. Shall we carry on? We shall carry on. Are you guys good with music news?
2: We are. We now go to a reoccurring segment where we discuss our favorite albums from certain years. The year we're discussing today is 2005, a banner year. This is the year I was a junior and then a, and then a senior in high school. Uh, Lots of great albums came out in 2005. A lot of ones that I haven't listened to in 20 years and I still pretty much know every word of. Uh, Luke, can you hit us with some of the highlights of the year of 2005 in music?
1: Yes, this was a great year. I'm going to start you off on January 1st uh copyright law started to expire in europe from songs from 1954 and earlier which led to a mass of european bootlegs which we are still seeing to this day michael do you see a bunch of european bootlegs all the time yeah yep they are in the vinyl world very heavily so that happened um january 22nd i wanted to highlight the tsunami relief concert was held um At Wales, and it was the largest uh, UK concert since Live Aid in 1985, so that was a pretty big event. Um, I also wanted to highlight it because that was when we were doing all those charity concerts, um, like, Mm -hmm. in droves. They were, like, really popular at the time. Wanted to bring that back. February 8th, Matchbox 20 frontman Rob Thomas (laughs) releases his solo album lonely no more oh. and left the band it went number one That's on great adult song. contemporary great song um are you a big fan of the rob thomas solo i'm a big record? fan of that
2: song oh uh,
1: yeah we gotta we gotta roll back the years here yeah. um i forgot he left the band that was a, a remembrance uh february 13th the 47th grammy awards happened um in California, Ray Charles was a big winner and won five awards. He had that Duets album that came out, and it was very popular, and yeah. I wanted everybody to remember Genius that. Loves Company. Yes, it was the name of that record. Also, um, John Mayer won Song of the Year for Daughters, Daughters and ripped it in half and gave it to Nora Jones and gave half of it to Nora Jones because he uh, thought she deserved Song of the Year. Um, so that happened that year. Very interesting. Uh, what else we got here? We got February twenty second. Oh my God, Blink one eight two go on their first hiatus, guys. and in- oh. everybody just really went up and stink about it. Uh, they continued to hiatus in and out throughout the two thousands. Um, March twenty ninth, Mariah Carey. Who was actively releasing music, released the single We Belong Together from her 10th studio album, The Emancipation of Mimi. The song would hold the number one position on Billboard Hot 100 for 14 weeks, the highest record for the entire decade. Um, Also wanted to note on March 29th, Will Smith uh, posed his comeback album with uh, Lost and Found. Uh, I don't. I think the song was a uh, move back, a move back, something like that. But oh, uh, a Will remember. Smith musical comeback was also launched. No, no, um, no. No,pe you guys didn't buy it. Neither did the public. Neither did I. <laughs> April twelfth, um, where I carried released the emancipation of Mimi. Finally, April nineteenth. Mike Jones released his first studio album entitled, Who is Mike Jones? <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, which led everybody my age for yeah. the next five years to go randomly in the hallway at school.
2: My Mike Jones. Jones. For no reason, <laughs> I like never. Yeah.
1: You just be watching. No Mike reason. Jones. Just be yelling no it. Reason. um That happened on wow, April 19th. you back. Yeah, the, right. Holy that was 2005. Shit. Changed wow. your life. Uh, May I 2nd. Know. Uh, legendary blues rock band Cream reunites at the Albert Hall. Um, one of the lamest reunions of all time, in my opinion. Oh, wa- a, you ever watch that? You watch Eric Clapton's gone bad. <laughs> the Cream yeah, is bad. A, the Cream is curdled, man. <laughs> yeah, you watch Eric Clapton sit in a chair. Fucking old sock himself. Do you guys? Okay, so do you guys oh, remember you this? Because this struck back a chord in my memory. Lincoln Park issues a press release. <laughs> <Come> on, and,
2: <laughs> how does Lincoln Park make the <laughs> roundup every, every time? time? Good God, 2005. what's your
1: They were uh, demanding an end for their uh, contract with Warner Brothers on the grounds that the label failed to meet uh, fiduciary responsibility in marketing their uh, album that came out that year. Um, And they said, we were cutting costs. But um, do you remember this beef with Linkin Park and the record company? I remember this beef at the time. I do remember (laughs) this (laughs) at the time. (laughs) (laughs) Linkin Park, were very upset. I'm about to break.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> May
1: six, audio slave. So Be- you're on the record. <laughs> May six, audio slave becomes the first American now rock group talking. to perform in, in Cuba. Can we uh, get the uh, proper pronunciation? Cuba, Gu- Thank you. Now um, we're So I had that uh, DVD as well, live in Cuba. Wait, they,
0: p- they played in Cuba? Yeah, there 2005.
1: The yeah, they were the first rock band. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yep. So. They, were, they opened up the doors and then shut down their career. Uh, Gorillas do do? released their studio album Demon Days on May 23rd, May 25th. Carrie Underwood, the queen herself, wins the fourth season of American Idol. Uh, I thought that was of note because I remembered her name. Uh, June 12th, Pink Floyd announced that they will reunite with former bassist Roger Waters. Uh Boo. A- <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, July 2nd for a uh, Live Aid concert in London. This will be the first time the band played together since the Wall Tour in 1981. Jeff, <laughs> yep, that got me so good. Um, June 13th, Michael Jackson's found not guilty. Uh, um, June 15th, Destiny's Child announced they will disband on completion of their world tour. And they did disband. Uh, June 16th, Motorhead turned 30 thought that was great uh june 18th uh green day filmed their bullet in a bible dvd which was really big with us youth back in the day a great christmas companion piece to the year <laughs> after which you That's got was- american <laughs> idiot So I want to throw that in oh, little kim was sentenced to, to jail on july 6th oh, after man. she God. did not snitch in 2001 um her. so she <laughs> She knew knowledge of a crime. She wouldn't snitch. They sent her to jail because they knew she knew. Um, August 9th, Stained, (laughs) Release Chapter 5. Becoming their third straight studio album to hit number one on the Billboard 200 album. Just keeps getting worse.
2: worse. (laughs) It's a criteria. (laughs) Yo,
1: when I saw this, I was like, there's no. 2005, so. There is no fucking way. Stained had a number one album in 2005. I looked it up, that fucking shit went number one. Dude. (laughs) Straight to the top. Um, so they had three straight number one albums. I just want to remind everybody that August 18th, Interscope Records reports Eminem has entered rehab, um, which is very sad. And he also released- Wait, it's sad he went to rehab? (laughs) I meant- (laughs) You know what I meant. I meant it's sad that he was going through these problems at the time. Not that he went to rehab. It's It's great that he went to rehab. It's It's a shame shame. that he had to go like three times after (laughs) this probably. Um, August twenty sixth, right. Rihanna releases her first studio album. Uh, Upon the replay, becomes a hit. August twenty eighth, Death Row CEO Shug Knight is shot in the leg at the VH1 Video Music Awards. Nobody is found uh, to be the suspect of this crime. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. September second, um, nope, that's uh, oh yeah. September second, uh, the Hurricane Relief uh, concert airs on MTV. Uh, airs on TV. And Kanye West makes the classic quote, Whoa. George Bush does just not care me. about black, black people. Um, one of the, probably the most classic quotes of the entire decade, if not that year. Mm. Um, and uh, also, uh, we are very sorry for Mike Myers for having to live next you just to that boat. Who went, I know,
2: but come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Jesus. funny. Um, I'm just here to promote Sh- Shrek 2. <laughs> <laughs>
0: literally. It's a shame about that hurricane you guys had. It really was.
1: Um, I mean, that's all I really got for the year. Uh, Link Ray died November 5th. Uh, Guitar Hero was released on November 8th, which really took a storm. Guitar Hero changed everyone's life and really brought classic rock radio and probably like streaming into what it is now in a lot of big ways. Um, uh, And then oh, November 15th, Sony BMG recalled all of their, what was this product called? Yeah. It was Sony copyright protection rootkit scandal. So what this was, was these were the CDs that couldn't be copied onto computers. Do you remember these? They had the black bottoms. They weren't, um, you could not copy them. So um, there was a lawsuit and they had to stop selling these and they pulled all of them off the shelves. That was November 15th. And uh, yeah, uh, December 21st, Elton John marries David uh, Furnish in London. His uh. Partner and husband, and he got to enjoy the joys of marriage. Do you guys want these uh, top songs of the year? Hit me. Sure. Okay, here we go. At number one, "We Belong Together" Mariah Carey. Mm-hmm. "Holla Back Girl" by Gwen mm-hmm. Stefani. Ugh, "You so- Love Oh Let Me Love You" by Mario. I don't even know that song. No. Uh, "Since You've Been Gone" by yeah. Kelly Clarkson. Great tune. One two step. Uh, mm. Sierra featuring Missy Elliott, mm. we have Gold Digger by Kanye West mm. and Jamie Foxx, Boulevard of Broken Dreams by mm. Green Day, Candy Shop, 50 Cent and Olivia, Don'tcha, the Pussycat Dolls, Buster Rhymes, mm. and Behind These Hazel Eyes, man, Kelly yeah. Clarkson. Mm. Um, yeah, do you guys want the albums?
2: <laughs> yep. Top
1: sure. albums of the year. What's number one, guys? Stained. <laughs> emancipation of Mimi the Emancipation of Mimi is correct um, American Idiot that's up there No uh, Massacre by 50 Cent We have oh, Breakaway yeah. by Kelly Clarkson American mm-hmm. Idiot is number 4 oh, okay. uh, Monkey Business by the Black Eyed Peas oh, Is yeah. 5 it's, X yeah. and Y by Coldplay at 6 mm-hmm. 7 is Feels Like Today Rascal Flats 8 uh, Love Angel Music Baby Gwen Stefani yep. 9 Late Registration Kanye West The Documentary by the Game Rounds out number 10
0: well, right. there you haven't a lot God. of laughs
1: in 2005. Yeah, what a, a wild ride that year was. <laughs> you guys couldn't. You guys could barely handle yourselves. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Stayed having <laughs> a kinda... number one album and Kanye was saying that.
0: Jeez, what a year! What a year! Um,
1: so that brings us to our what albums. Our favorite picks are for the years. Uh, one of you guys started off. I've talked too long. What are you guys' favorite
2: 2005. Let's go. Um, So last week we discussed 2003. 2005 features the other CD that I played the most while being a uh, first-time driver in my mom's minivan. I played this CD fucking five hours a day probably, Uh, Second album by Kanye West. Late Registration is my pick for my favorite album of 2005. It's, uh, I believe it's 21 tracks. It's like an hour and 10 minutes long. Uh, Features hits like Gold Digger, um, but also like some of the more, you know, the hidden tracks that I enjoy uh, the most in his career. Like I Love Roses. I Love Hey Mama. I Love Gone. I Love. Uh, addiction um, This is a great album That's primarily produced by Kanye West Like like most of his early stuff um, And it's co-produced with John Bryan who is a Soundtrack composer and a producer who Worked with uh, Fiona Apple Who is a multi-instrumentalist And had a hand in doing a lot of the Orchestral production on this album He was a co-producer on like half the Tracks um, Yeah this album like cut It still had a couple of those skits like College dropout had, but they're it's only four of them and they're like a minute or less each. And uh yeah, I just think this was like a more mature Kanye West. And the first album he worked on for like five years. And then the second album, you always, you know, the soft sophomore slump like now you got to write some another thing after you've been working your whole life writing your first one. Uh, and this album really delivered. It's very orchestral, it's very cinematic, and it kind of showed that he was he was always more than a rap artist but like the the sonic palette and the colors and the textures he brought to his music were uh even more on this album i
1: remember when this album came out too i feel like people were unsure of like who kanye west was because like the first album and then this one came out and i remember like mtv and vh1 weren't super sure how to like handle the you know everything that was kanye west and uh i think it was really interesting because um to like even the style of the music videos were like bright and colorful and mm-hmm. kind of like out there i just think very like uh it was interesting because in that time like we know kanye now very well and uh at the time it was just very interesting because i just remember him being like a budding artist and like mm-hmm. getting out there and like was this? I remember this record coming out and, pe- and like yeah. being like, "Oh, is this someone someone's gonna stick around for ten years, twenty years, or mm-hmm. is this gonna be someone that's gonna be gone like Mario, who we couldn't even remember that right. song that was like in the top ten best songs of two thousand five? So uh, very interesting time, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, sophomore records.
0: Yeah, and gold. I mean, Gold Digger was everywhere, man. That song yeah. was just everywhere. I remember. I mean, two thousand five. I think TRL, right? I think TRL. Yeah, oh, yeah. two thousand five. Like. Mm-hmm seeing the video for it and and all that stuff you know like it was just awesome i think that was around the time that didn't ray come out around that time ray had come out the year before but the year before but like like probably the christmas before and then this came out um right around labor day okay yeah yeah yeah. um but yeah this was everywhere and the iconic cover too with like the Mm -hmm. bear the whole thing man it was just yeah i remember this really was an exciting time Mm -hmm. to be a kanye west fan man because i mean everybody everybody Yeah. And I, this
2: isn't like, I would say for, for like 10 years. So up until about 2015, this is one that I would go back to a lot, but in the past two, three, four years, I don't listen to a lot of Kanye because of his um, personal life stuff and politics and all that. And I, it's hard for me to separate the guy from the music. Um, But like, I put this on this week and I still have like this entire album memorized yeah, man. like and I haven't I have not listened to Lady registration in at least five years yeah and it's but I played it I played this out like um and this is just like in comparison to hip-hop music at that time like you listed the other people in the top 10 50 cent the game you had the G-Unit guys it was a lot of like uh like jay-z at the time it was a lot of like gangster rap put in pop packaging and like Kanye West isn't was never a gangster rapper. Th- like, that was, he was always like an outsider doing his own yeah. thing. That like, was
1: kind of what I was trying to say in a lot mm, of ways. Like yeah. the dress, like the preppy style mm. in hip hop was like coming in and that was all Kanye West. Like, and yeah. it was, they. Yeah. the media was like, what is this? Cause it wasn't yeah. what anything else was. And musically
2: and I think like image and what he's trying to do musically is like much more like the guys at the turn of the '90s, so like Tribe Called Quest is yeah, like his exactly. biggest influence. Um, De La Soul, like where it's it's rap, but it's it's kind of more. Mm. Musical. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a little bit more complicated. Yeah, it's yeah. Mu- more musical, less
1: yeah. uh, less spoken. Yeah, you
2: know, yeah. which is yeah. so. This album, it's still like, I don't know, it's a top top three album maybe for me for, for Kanye albums. Alex, you got something yeah. before we go on yeah. that
1: one.
0: Uh, total streams on just YouTube alone, Spotify doesn't have it listed as the top, is one, 1. 1.8 million total yeah. video streams itself. Wow. For Kanye? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 328 million.
1: For I'm, the album? For Just Gold Digger. Just Gold oh, Digger. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. wow. Yeah, My yeah. thoughts were
2: not collected on that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It was halfway bad, there, Alex. I did bad math. You said <laughs> 1.8 and I'm like... And <laughs> yeah <'cause> I, I. <laughs> but uh that, yeah that's yeah, yeah so still it's, lasting and to it's, this day it's still and a
1: classic album in
2: this time, yeah, and yeah, it's one of sure. my favorite albums of that decade, not just this year in two thousand five,
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah,, right on, uh, I'll go next, if you guys oh. don't mind, so there's a couple albums that I saw that really I was like, oh I, that's a good one, that's a good, one. but I had to go with my gut in the way that just likewise, like Jeffrey said, an <laughs> album that was. That I could literally just sing front to back, and I listened to a million times in the year of two thousand five, is the um, first of the dual album release from System of a Down. Man, mesmerize.
2: I forgot those came out that year.
0: That first, that and I hypnotize came afterwards. So you know they kind of like bookmark or you know bookend each each other. other, Thank you. Um, And this record for me, I just when,
2: when did mesmerize come out?
0: The same year. Oh, like, no, I'm sorry. This what, what, what month? So, this was released May 17th. And then Hypnotize was released November 22nd. Okay. So. <clears throat> oh, I, yeah, I
2: thought one was. Twi- but
0: twi- this was an album that I remember, like, in the car listening to this constantly. I mean, this is. You know, I love System of a Down. And. You know the the preceding records, toxicity obviously, steal this album, uh, and then the self titled one. Like those are monster, monster albums. But this was interesting because like it was very, it was really like sort of laser beamed into like this concept thing where it mm-hmm. kind of goes different places and it talks about you know politics and war and government and all that stuff. And it just for me was just such an incredible record. Uh, Byob you know sigaro that was my uh that was my ringtone when i had my first Cigaro? cell phone was cigarro? yeah it was i think it was my ringback tone is I radio think. video on this album yeah radio yeah. video uh violent pornography <laughs> questions uh, yeah. sad statue old school hollywood lost in hollywood you know questions so, on this one yeah Oh, i thought question was the, the cocaine makes me feel like i'm on this like song. I'm song yeah revenge um, uh, lost in hollywood Right? Yeah, Lost in yeah. Hollywood. Old school Hollywood.
1: I'm going to yeah. also say I feel like System of Down got the big like media push for this record too. This was like a mm. big giant release mm. for them and yeah. um, Uh we also bought these. Like I remember my mom was into these CDs, so like that's kinda like how mainstream system of a down had like become. Yeah. Uh we bought both of these CDs at a Newberry comic store. And then they Yeah, I remember they interlocked together (laughs) and made like a big fucking picture. (laughs) It was so cool. It was so cool. Um, It was so cool. These records were so well done, so well produced, like the concepts were all there and like Mm. kind of loosely. Um Rick Rubin is yeah. Behind these, right? Yeah. Um, I thought these records were super cool. I love them and they remind me of 2005. We listened to them in the time period. The music video for BYOB played heavily in rotation MTV all the time. Two and,
0: oh, yeah, yeah, BYOB. I remember oh, when man, I learned. No, that how was to...
1: a crossover hit. I played yeah. on like big, I was on VH1 in the mornings. Like...
0: Yeah. I remember when I learned how to play BYOB on guitar and I just thought I was king shit i thought i was like oh yeah i can play byob that's amazing it did well too it won a grammy in 2006 for best hard rock performance it was certified platinum
1: huge record very mainstream uh
0: and it was yeah it was chosen as one of Amazon.com's top 100 editor picks of 2005 (sighs) so it did really yeah it did do very well and also uh listen to um hypnotize as well because i mean that's
1: the companion i think they're they're use your illusions if you will
2: yeah, it's like, yeah. In, in my opinion, it's like an A-plus and then an A. They're both amazing. Yeah, right. I like, mesmer- like, like Mesmerize a little bit more as well. It's like Use Your Illusion, yeah, but good.
0: sorry, yeah. It's like Use Your Illusion, except it's good, yeah. Yeah, and go. this
2: is the band that, like, you know, you think about the music from the 60s and early 70s, how a lot of the best music was um, in opposition to the Vietnam War and uh, the pushback yeah. of the Civil Rights Movement right. and all this stuff. System of Down was always the band that was pushing back against the Afghanistan and Iraq wars um and like political corruption and all those things right yeah one of my favorite bands of all time i i this just missed me it, it wouldn't have made it but it pff, this is a top 3 from that year for me yeah. i thought this was yeah. going
1: to be a jeff pick for sure yeah. but then i saw the kanye album mm-hmm. on there and i knew he was going yeah. there no,
2: really, i love system of so, <laughs> so luke much. What did you pick?
1: Oh, I've been hiding this shirt. I'll show here. I'm going to rip it <laughs> out. <for you. laughs> oh, there he is. Noodles himself. <laughs> oh, man. Don't you know it. Uh, I am choosing the Gorillaz album, Demon Days. Oh, man. Um, again. Curveball. A
0: little curveball here. It
1: is a curveball. So <sighs> when I was looking at the album's release in 2005, I was like, I I was looking at all the records and I bought a lot of CDs in 2005 that I still own and some that I don't own anymore, but I did buy a lot of those records in that time, Um, but Gorilla's Demon Days for me was an album that I feel like every time I go back and listen to it, it's better than I remembered it being. Um, Really mind-opening album at the time, I've never listened to anything like that before. Um, Danger Mouse production on that record which I think really changed everybody's way of thinking about music production in the 2000s. Um, So the Grey album had come out, which is the mashup of the White album and the Black album by Jay-Z. Danger Mouse produced that. Um, The... um, singer of the gorillas is damien
2: uh damon albarn damon al what's his last name albarn from blur
1: albarn okay i just never had heard anybody say it damon
2: albarn thank you
1: yeah. so um he got together with danger mouse and had him produce this record because he wanted it to sound like you know that record that he had heard the gray album um and i just want to shout out some of the people on this record. So obviously it's danger mouse de la soul is on here um we have mf doom on here uh booty brown from Farmer'side. sean ryder is on here um so a bunch of collaborations much like every gorillas album is i think this is the standout like classic gorillas record it's their second album and i think every song on here is a banger but it has huge singles on here um Dirty Harry's on here. Yeah. Dare is on here. Um, Feel Good ink, Feel, Feel Good, good ink. ink. Big, big, big song. Um, yeah. Kids with <laughs> Guns. Um, and let's talk about Feel Good Ink Because when that song came out, <laughs> any song sound like that other than the previous Gorilla song that was big, like yeah. the couple years in, I think, 1999. Um, so, yeah, I think this record is... Like, stands in the modern light a lot better. I think a lot of like, because I was even like looking back, like, a lot of people were like, These songs are kind of like out there and crazy. Like, Kids with Guns was like, People were like, What is going on? And I feel like that song is more timely than it's ever been. Um, a lot of the songs about the desolate wasteland of what he's singing about, uh, songs like Oh Green World, um, on there are again more timely than they've ever been. So I think he was writing an album that a lot of people did like in its time, but I think is and should be regarded as a classic album because a lot of music production now and album formatting, I feel like has formed a lot off of that record, especially when it comes to the heavy featuring of artists like in that time. That's Gorillas all day long and the collaborative spirit and the everything goes nature of that band um really works for me and I loved it in its time and I still love it now.
0: Great pick, man. So great pick. And I love the yeah. artwork too. And it got you me You gotta love was, the artwork. It you gotta got, got to love me the... when
1: I was a kid, man, because I remember explaining that band to my dad. Like I remember explaining like what Gorillas was. I was like, it's this one guy. And I was like, and the band's fake. It's not a real band. And he's like, who's the band? I was like, nobody really knows who the guy is at yeah. the time. Because- Studio Project, yeah. It's right. like the
2: monkeys, but digital. And mm. it was. That's why, why they called Gorillaz. Right. Because they're. Oh, no like way. That format, Yeah, yeah. And
1: uh. um, if you, at the time, too, their website was a giant flash animation website that you could spend. I'm talking days in and never find all the Easter eggs. There was games and videos. I spent hours on this website. They were such a great band to get into, so fun. Mm. And uh, this album still holds up. Uh, check it out. All the songs I named. Yeah.
2: Uh, still making music too. Yeah. yeah. Still. Yeah. Still yeah. making. They great just singles.
0: released a uh, yeah single. Yeah. Skinny ape.
1: Um, did you guys listen to this album in its time? Because this was like the only thing I yep. listened to like this, like this in its time.
0: Not so much for me. No. No.
2: Yep. Yeah. No. I'm not too familiar and with. I favorite. I never owned it, but this is one that I I listened to this one in college, so like three years later. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: I yeah. I just uh, I remember seeing the music video for Feel Good Inc. and I had really liked um, the previous single before that. It's another Clint Eastwood thing. That's but what it's called. It's called Clint Eastwood. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember what it was. Um, I remember had hearing Clint Eastwood as a kid and really liking that song. So when Feel Good Inc. came out. It was instantly like I was like, oh, this is the same band. Mm-hmm. That music video, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Cool, man. Cool. Right on. Well, there you have it, guys. 2005. What a wild year, full of what all kinds a great of year. What a great year. It almost made us cry from laughter. So you any know, any it... uh,
2: any honorable mentions?
0: Uh, yeah, actually, I had yeah. a
2: couple. Uh, Fiona Apple's extraordinary machine came out in 2005. Um, Z by My Morning Jacket came out in 2005.
0: Um, I
1: got some Here okay. we go. um, I am going to say uh, Bright Eyes I'm Wide Awake It's Morning came out Along with it's companion album Digital, digital Ash, Ash and In a Digital Urn yeah. um, Get Emo Get Sad uh, That one's on my chest too I'm not going to show you though um, I'm going to go with Fallout Boys uh, From Under the Cork Tree A emo classic Who can't rem- uh, forget that music video White Stripes Get Behind Me Satan um death Cabs for cuties plans mm-hmm. came out in 2005 high school favorite audio slaves out of exile on, uh, came out and Let's also go. a record i bought in that time period yep um motion C soundtracks commit this to memory alkaline trios crimson um judas priest angel of retribution oh the that comeback was back album come on
0: that was the year that i saw judas priest live It's sitting
1: behind you i bought it when it came out i begged my parents angel of and retribution they, and they've never
2: sounded better um
1: <laughs> Also going to say Dropkick Murphy's Warriors Code. I bought that in the time yeah. that it came out, so I had to open up to that one. And I also bought this one, OK Goes Oh No, the treadmill band. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that was uh ones I wanted to shout out.
0: My shout outs real quick. Uh, the documentary by The Game, which we've talked about. Also, The Massacre 50 Cent. Uh, ghost reveries from the band Opeth, because uh, we just got to talk about Opeth. I got to find a way to put it in there. <laughs> Uh, queens of the stone age lullabies to paralyze which was kind of a runner-up for me for like a selection for me this uh, this time and uh oh the mars volta francis the mute oh, yeah. came out in 2005 as well so there you go guys it was 2005 it was a wild ride it was a crazy year uh quick break we'll come back alex quickly before we go to the break the next year we'll cover is 1998 1998. Oh, big really? Right. style. Get ready. Oh, <laughs> let's go. No, I think that was 97. <laughs> final, final call out. Nobody called out the Danger Doom album from that year, which was the mouse and the mask that had crosshairs. Oh, sure. hairs. MF Doom. And oh, Danger yeah, mouse. yeah. That's yeah. a really good one, yeah. Right on. Okay. We'll be right back. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Hoffner Guitars. I have here the Hoffner Shorty. It is a full scale travel size guitar. You can find this and all of their products at hoffnerguitars.com. Calm. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome back to Get in the Garage. We're
2: the music podcast for music lovers. Onward
0: we go to our next segment. This week we are celebrating 40 years with two albums that were dropped in the year 1983. The first one I'm very excited to talk about. Jeffrey, would you like to let us know? Yes, I will. That album? January of
2: 1983 <laughs> saw the release of the third album of English rock music. Stars Def Leppard. The album's called Pyromania. It was a giant album with huge singles. Uh, This album was produced by super producer Mutt Lang, who did Back in Black and a couple other ACDC projects. This album's known for its 50 layers of guitars, its 30 layers of harmonized vocals, its stadium stomp, it's bigger than life. Um, It is like a laborious thing that they spent. A year working on a year in the record in the uh, studio working on. Um, notably, this album has some great epic drum sounds, but almost none of the drumming is actual real drums.
0: <laughs> this is
2: cymbals uh, are all played by Rick Allen, but all the drums are all electronically programmed on a Fairlight CMI machine. YouTube it, it's a really cool, like sure. early supercomputer synthesizer. Um, yeah, this is the last album with original member Pete Willis, who plays guitar on all 10 tracks, but was fired from the band uh, halfway through the recording sessions. They brought in Phil Collin to play on everything, do guitar solos on like five of the tracks alongside Steve Clark, the other uh, original guitar player. Um, Joe Elliott's voice is like, it's like that Brian Johnson from ACDC, but just like even whinier and I don't know a little like more dated and all that stuff um has great bass playing by Rick Savage uh this is Rick Allen the drummer before he lost one of his arms in motor in a motor vehicle accident but like I said you only need one one arm to play all those symbols and stuff yeah. anyway um big big songs from this were photograph and fooling um, rock till you drop rock till you drop stage fright this is like the bridge album in between their early new wave of british heavy metal days into their like super stadium rock of hysteria and pour some sugar on me and all that kind of stuff um i love this album what do you guys
0: think about it i love this album
1: i do not l- okay i respect this album a lot <laughs> it's just not my cup of tea yeah, by I any it. means um but i i can get down with it it is the Stadium Rock album, I think, of all time, though, it's like the fir- I think it's like the first one in that vein that's like built like this. Mm. Um, ACDC's Back in Black still has mm. a lot of like barroom swagger to mm. it, where you can tell it's people playing. This is like the Pro Tools model before Pro Tools mm. was a thing, yeah. and it was very hard to do at the time. It's just it's so intense. This album is like. From the minute you start, it doesn't stop, and it's at 10 the entire time. Um, so that is this record, man. It is the If they're 80s rock and roll records, mm. I mean, rock and roll bands faltered big time in the 80s. This is a great, dense, solid mm. rock and roll record with great, huge hit singles that crossed over in a big pop way. So it was a good thing for rock and roll. I think it was a good thing for pop. Um, in a lot of ways, it was the a lot of like death nail in that old school style rock and roll Mm. Mm. and um you know a lot of the flash and flare of the new that came in but uh you know i'm here for it man i'm here for the giant choruses um i have to say like where there wasn't like the songs like the big choruses i knew um that's where i was like okay and i was like a little harder Mm -hmm. to listen to a little bit um but you know those fucking singles are so good
0: Oh, they're so good! I man. know you fell in love with this record. I really did, and uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed this record, man. I I I loved it so much. I love like the the you know the the gang vocal style thing that happens, but it's just so pristine and clean and squeaky clean. And look, like I I love. A, a rough recorded album i like you know and we'll talk about one after but like i'm into that kind of thing you know i like the the rawness but this it's just you know i was watching a thing and joe Elliott was talking about how people were like well it's too clean it's too produced and blah 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 but if you think about it it's the first of it is the first of its kind because really at the time who are their contemporaries sort of like van the van halen's i think qu- quiet riots you know what i mean journey No, jo- i would say right? their
1: contemporaries like in the real sense are the new wave of british heavy metal which like you wouldn't think is going to be like iron maiden and like heavy metal bands.
2: Right, but looking back looking, this is much more like right. The so Journey, they, the Boston, those kind of Yeah, it's yeah.
0: but it's like it's so much more spit polished and shined and obviously it's the precursor to um i'd say journey hysteria. is their
1: biggest contemporary right, and right. journey also released an album a big album this year too i can't remember the name of it but it might have been
0: evolution
1: uh it's the one with the head on the cover oh
0: yeah i know what you mean um but for me this is like because it, they they tow that line of like metal and pop and mm-hmm. it's I t- for in my opinion i just think that it's done so well i love rock of ages i love fooling you know coming under fire action not uh yeah action not words the back half, like, it, it holds up for me. But mm-hmm. rock, rock till you drop. And that's the thing, too. It's anthemic. It's all that stuff. Every chorus you can picture, 30,000, whatever, mm-hmm. people singing along yeah. with you and all that stuff. You know what I mean? It's just... I, it's, Journey's
1: yeah. Frontiers
0: was released in 83, it and well, that like has Tron.
1: Faithfully yeah. on it. Right. Yeah, so, but
0: that's what I'm saying. This has they, the harder edge. It has that that bite and that grit to it. But it's so sellable, too. It's so commercially viable. You know what I mean? It just has that... Okay, it well... It has that thing. Even though too, it didn't too do... Too Late
1: for Love is like the one of the first power ballads of its time. Every 80s band after that yeah. ripped that shit off. Like, too
0: late. But every... It's like... It's too late. It was and like then, every 80s band after that just ripped everything off that they did. Yeah, I mean... Because um, it's like the rats and the wasps and Cinderella the and cinderellas and, 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 right. and the poisons and the... They were like the first... they. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Skid Row.
1: Um, in the way that row, Van yeah. Halen uh, revolutionized mm-hmm. rock and roll in 1977, in the way everybody was playing guitar, this record revolutionized revolutionized the way people uh, big rock bands recorded records, mm-hmm. and. Right really never look back. This way of thinking really is the m- way of thinking now in recording a modern rock band, and Mutt Lang and Def Leppard uh, produced, like, the blueprint for modern rock production on this record. This oh, is yeah. it in a nutshell. Uh, the gun shell uh, snare hits on every single snare hit. Sounds like a gun goes off. Um, yeah. It's so intense, the vocal being so straight on, um, especially on that song Too Late when the drums are like, don't don't do uh it's so like you know so dramatic and um like that's i like that they put like the song for the ladies on there like you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. like there's so much love and it's too late to love me there's a lot of like it's too you're you're never getting another chance to do this or like it's either like it's too late to love me and you're never getting another chance and this is so desperate and heartbroken <laughs> or um Let's fucking rock! And there's like almost no in between. Um, The last song was pretty interesting. Billy Got a Gun. Um, That was forward like leaning it was the song i liked least on the record but the most interesting one to me because i was yeah. like oh this is had all these sound samples in it in the drum exit on the record um sounded like a beastie boys like rip was about mm-hmm. to go off which i thought was really cool so i mean there's a lot to it's also sounds like a mission impossible song right like oh yeah yeah
2: kind of thing and yeah. this, this album was uh worked on i think in the studio for 11 months and this was recorded onto 24 uh whatever 24 channel tape they said that they worked on this so much put so many layers on and off of it that like the tape was disintegrating when they went to mix it
0: oh i believe it man and
2: um other fun facts um thomas dolby of she blinded me with science fame plays keyboards on this album science yep um rick allen like talk about a different era really in music but this was their third album Rick Allen was 18 when they recorded this. Wow. Cause, wow. And the rest of the band oh. was like 22, 23. Very young. Yeah. Crazy. Um and this like if you like this, if you think this is a big album and this is like massive and like arena rock, this is like sounds like a demo compared to Hysteria the next <laughs> album. Like the, this is like all the the blueprint for what they learned and then like went to the even more extreme on the next album. Right. Um what do we think as a as a rating of this album? If you're gonna hit it, I'm I'm gonna be honest. This is like l- at least a nine.
0: Yeah, this might be a Whoa. nine and nine
2: point five, but this is a I'll say a nine. This is a strong nine for me. Yeah.
0: Uh, ooh, I'm gonna go eight five. I'm gonna go eight five. But I listened to this thing front to back, and I was like, oh yeah, I love this record. This record's dope. I love this. I'm
1: gonna say seven five. Um. And this is this is my personal taste. This is a great record. If you're into this record, I just don't like <laughs> Def Leppard that much. Uh, but I, I respect it, man. Like, yeah. I, I know, I know. I'm just like sipping on the haterade. Um, but yeah, for me, yeah. for to sit and listen to this, um, my musical taste. This is a seven five.
0: There you have it. Uh,
1: before we move on, though, I just really fast wanted to throw out this fun tidbit. Um, in the uh, solo, guitar solo of Rock of Ages. Um, They shout uh, backwards vocals, if you play it backwards. And they say, uh, like, down with Russia, which I thought was very fun. And uh, rock and roll. So, that was really cool. Oh, no. it's I'm sorry. I have it right here. Fuck the Russians. And somebody has herpes. So, if you play it backwards, (laughs) um, it was fuck the Russians. Uh, The Cold War was going on hard at the time. Yeah. So, still... To this day, I think Def Leppard have the uh, the right stand in their backwards vocal messagings. Uh, <laughs> but I just wanted to throw that yeah. out there. Satanic messagings on the Def Leppard record.
0: So there you have it. Pyromania.
2: And then in contrast, our other album from January of 1983, Luke, can yes. you tell us a little bit about this
1: album? I will bring you up to focus with the album Everything Falls Apart by Husker Du. Um, Husker. We will talk whether it is their first or second release, uh, but this was released on Reflex Records, their own record label, um, and was recorded in Total Access in Hermosa Beach, California, where everybody from SST recorded their albums and was produced by Spot, who did all the Black Flag records and Minutemen albums. Um, So this record shows a originally hardcore band, Husker Du, out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, Sorry, I butchered that. And this shows them in transition from a straight hardcore band doing the hardcore punk style into a college rock, um, choruses, melody, melodic singing. So this shows a mix of the two forms of that. This is a hardcore slash college rocky Mm -hmm. record, um, leaning more towards the hardcore and, um, I think if you don't know, Husker Du, they would transition into signing on to Warner Brothers uh, in 1985, a major label, and really transition their sound into uh, college rock in as like the 80s knew it. So um, this is an interesting band that came out of hardcore, changed to college rock, did melodic songs that were radio-friendly. This is a, the transition album. Um what did you guys think of this Husker Du album? Slash, what do you think if this is their first or second record? This um, is what,
2: 12 tracks maybe? 19 and a half minutes long? Oh, it's 19 so good. And a half.
1: I also wanted to shout out the <laughs> Wikipedia article here. It. Land Speed record is the debut full-length record by Husker Du, which was released on uh, New Alliance Records, the record label of The Minutemen. Now do uh, we
2: think that so do we think that one was maybe a compilation of singles all packaged together?
1: No, this was uh Land Speed record is a live record that was recorded oh, so and first studio album. yes, this oh, is the first okay. studio album first long
2: player mm-hmm. that is the I guess the dispute judges here. ranking. does that make it its first album?
1: I'm gonna say oh, with this I'm gonna say it's the second because I'm gonna go with the mc M C five's first record is their first record.
2: Oh, I'm yeah. I'm going to say
1: it's a, mean, a means of DIY. Yeah, but didn't
2: they only release one album?
1: <laughs> no, they got two one. back in the USA. <laughs> they got um, two. No, they got two. They have three records. Three records. Uh, the, the other one's called Hit the Clock, Punch the Clock, something like that.
2: Yeah, I, I, I like this album. Um, I liked the shorter tracks maybe even more than the longer ones. And by longer ones, I mean like two minutes and 10 seconds. <laughs> um, and the shorter ones are like 40 seconds long. Um, it had a lot of the lead guitar stuff that your boy John Dwyer um has recreated 40 years later. Um I like Bob Mould's voice, uh, which is the lower of the lead singing voices. Um the drummer, I forget his name, but he does a lot of the other vocals. And uh it's a strong album. I'm this is not like my kind of music I go to, but much like when we went over albums, I believe they were from eighty one or eighty two, the punk albums we reco- we reviewed one time, like that Minute Ma- Minuteman album. It reminded me of that, um, a little bit uh, more straightforward than that Minutemen album. Uh a little less jazzy, jazzy. and complicated and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But uh like I know Hoosker Du from Zen Arcade and Flip Your Wig and maybe another album which is when they got a little bit more like long uh, <laughs> again long form songs mean a minute and a half um and but this is great. Like this is raw,
0: rough uh and right out of the box like sounds good. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of in, in a weird way, Metallica's first album, in okay. in in the way that it's like, it just it is this thing, you know what I mean? It's direct, it, like this album gets to the point. It just it makes its statement that it has to make, and then it just gets the fuck out. You know what I mean? And I I love it. I I mean from the gut that opening, the like. It immediately just goes the foot to like, you know, the gas pedal all the way down. And then the cover Sunshine Superman by Donovan oh, is just such, great. Great, oh, such it's a, just such a yeah, really great, such a fantastic cover. And I was like, I was leading because I've never listened to this album before. Right.
1: So this, this album, right. So me either. I've never listened to this record. I'm not oh. a big Husker du guy because I have listened to like Zen Arcade mm-hmm. and I'm like, I really don't like this that much and it's just a personal taste thing i can respect it but it's just not my band um this record though i got super into and by the time you get to sunshine superman you're only a couple minutes into the record and (laughs) you know it sunshine superman the donovan cover um if you don't know it instantly lets you know that we aren't too we aren't punk rock. Fuck the '60s shit. Right. They do a good cover of fucking a disrespectfully great cover of Sunshine oh, Superman, cool. and it lets you know, oh, you don't think that that shit. So like, it let they're like, oh, come in, like please. Yeah, so right. that was super inviting. Um, also, there's no like fuck Reagan stuff on here that, that makes it like a hardcore record of its time. Yeah. Um none of the songs are political which i also thought was really interesting um and like you even said man like from the gut the opening track yeah just immediately just but that's not it's not there is that on here but it's it's a riff song which is interesting um wheels wheels was great song wheels is my favorite song in this record um the lyrics, I got a date with Sharon Tate Um, leading up to the end of the song, which is just two lines later, where she says, I got a, a big engine and it goes vroom, vroom. Yeah. Um, having a man sing vroom, vroom so angrily is so <laughs> funny because it takes all the piss out of it. And the song is like really hilarious in that nature. I think it's kind of like taking the piss out of people with like cars and like, you know, yeah. look at my car. Um. And it's really funny when you're screaming vroom, vroom. Um, Everything (laughs) falls apart. The chorus uh, on that song, the guitar chorus, I mean effect on the guitar is innovative in the way that like they're like, oh, yeah, we're not even doing this punk thing anymore. This is a this is a song song. Um, So I thought that was a really great uh, inclusion on here. Gravity, the last song on the mm-hmm. record, is also one of the standout tracks as it's not a hardcore song or punk song, but uh inclusion song. Um and having said like the differences of hardcore and not hardcore, the mix of all these songs works the best because you don't get worn out on that one thing over and over again. Right, right. It's what the what's great about the bad brains is that the bad brains give you hardcore, then three songs later you have a six minute reggae tune, hardcore six minute reggae. Um on here they do the same thing, but it's like songs you can really stomach and understand and feel and then aggression so um yeah
0: yeah i thought i'll just real quick song highlights uh punch drunk it's 32 seconds long and it's just madness Mm -hmm. um afraid of being wrong great guitar solo on that. my two favorite um yeah and then from the gut and then wheels yeah those were the the honorable mention songs for me on that i like the song target too target's cool um but yeah what a intense 19 minutes you know um, but I, I loved it man I really enjoyed out it out of
1: all the things cause I've listened to Zen Arcade and Flip Your Wig and kind of was like this isn't really for me but you know um, out of all the things Husker Do I have listened to and I've listened to Land Speed Record too and went oh I like this but you know um, this is my favorite thing I've listened to Um, and I would probably say would be my favorite album of theirs so they this was uh, really cool
2: hit us with yeah. a ranking Luke
1: oh I'm gonna a say ranking. this is a like seven five for me Yeah. um i think it's really well done and like rounded well it's just um you know it's a it's a great record in that style i think there's more growing into it um yeah. and if you like punk music you'll love this record if you like blink 22 and green day and all of those bands the offspring a lot of that is born out of the this record right here and um a lot of great stuff to come back to so 7.5 uh,
0: I'll raise you a .5 I'm just gonna give it a solid 8 I love uh, I love debut albums I love killer debut albums I love albums that come in punch you in the face and run away like I love that that's why I'm giving this uh, album an 8 yeah I'm giving
2: it an 8 as well uh, 19 and a half minutes long bang 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 bang
0: solid yeah Yeah. in and out and it's got a 20 what uh, 32 second song on there that's the shortest song I think 32 seconds followed by a close 34 seconds <laughs> oh, what an epic <laughs> uh, <laughs> the next the next song is 34 seconds long
1: to be note before we left uh i would also like to shout out the mustache in uh Who's oh Good yes. you? uh so please Ken check it out Ken Norton's mustache it's a uh, bass player nope it's uh what's his name uh grant Hart, the drummer i believe uh nope no, no, no the, the bass player, player greg norton, norton. Greg, greg norton, norton. that um, is such
0: a great mustache great
1: great mustache um one of the best mustaches in rock and roll. So please, yeah. please check that out.
0: Um, and yeah. Yeah. Well, there you have it. What do you guys think? Do you like the Hoosier Duo album? Do you like Def Leppard? Also, shout out to Kevin. If you're watching this, Kevin, Def Leppard, rock and roll. All right. Until next week, guys, this has been Getting the Garage. Don't like, forget to like, and comment, and subscribe. Thank you very much. Share with someone you love. Share with someone you love.